Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. It's Enrico Palazzo! You should have been pulled in the front room. They have faith in you. You should have been pulled in the fifth, but they had faith in you. And you. You are now locked into the Palazzo Podcast. Christopher Deary and Michael Govier are breaking down strategy. Roster construction, evaluating hitters, evaluating starting pitching. What are the secrets? What are the tips? What can we unlock that will give us the edge we need to be the champions of our home league and rub it in everybody's face for an entire season? That's right, it's a Palazzo podcast, bringing it to you like nobody else can. We entertain and inform in a better combination than anybody else in the game today. So settle in, get your notepad out. Crack open a nice cold one. Maybe fire up a J. Do whatever you want to do. This is your time. Enjoy the show in any manner that you see fit. Because at the Palazzo Podcast, every show is a doozy. And we're going to give it to you straight 24-7. Plus, we'll have a live draft selection from League 4 of the Palazzo Podcast Invitational. It is not too late for you to sign up on NFPC.com. If you live in the state of Michigan and you can't sign up, DM MJ Govier on Twitter. And maybe, just maybe, we'll find a way for you to get in. Take it away, boys! Utah, give me two. Give me two, Utah. Welcome in. This is the Palazzo Podcast. You are watching live. Myself and Christopher Deary doing our thing here. It's great to be on a Saturday, a special edition. We wanted to do a show. Deary had some crisis. Crisis. Uh, maybe there were multiple crises involved, but Ice Storm 2023 was a big deal here in the Metro Detroit area, and there was a lot of damage. And Deary, you're very lucky that your house is still standing today. <laughs> yeah, we had many, many uh, limbs and branches come down, but minimal damage. And uh, you know, a lot of people here in Ann Arbor lost power. Uh, Godspeed to them. Hopefully they can get it all back shortly. Um, but we, yeah, we're in order here at 2421 and we are ready to roll. That's putting it mildly. Yeah, we are ready to rock here. We're going to talk today about roster construction. That's real simple. We've been promising the show for a little bit. It's a strategy sesh. It's a breakdown. Let's all sit, get in a circle play Duck, Duck, Goose, and after we're done playing Duck, Duck, Goose, we'll talk about what is the best way to construct your rosters this year. How are rosters shaking out? We're not focusing so much on player analysis today. Everybody talks about players, 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 but in the end, there's more going on than just this player versus that player. I think we get a little too caught up in it. 
In fact, I know we get a little too caught up in it because that's what people want. They want to compare players. People love baseball because, uh, you know, some guy hit more home runs or less home runs than the other guy who plays first base, right? Right now, it's a season of rankings and tiers and positional breakdowns. And, you know, we'll bring some of that to you, too. We're not saying we're above that, right, Deary? It's just important that we talk about how you construct your rosters based on the platform and the format that you are playing in. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of formats out there. You need to be aware of the rules and aware of uh, where you're going to be drafting. And you need to have a plan going in. You need to be able to, you know, change gears when you need to. So uh, I'm excited for this. You know, we're going to talk about a couple different strategies and a couple different leagues that both of us play in. Uh, but I'm I'm excited to rock and roll here. Yeah, Chad said zero RP is the new old zero running back. That's a football reference for fantasy footballers. Russell's here. What's up, mofos? Welcome back. Russell, round of applause to you, dude. Russell has a great little piece he put out on armchairroto.com. Check out his website, armchairroto.com. And he was talking about how awesome Adu Niu is, which is a league. Well, it's a format. It's on fangraphs.com. And Adu Niu is salary cap. Dynasty-esque. You can make it whatever you want it to be. Have you played Auto Neo lately, or did you ever try Auto Neo, Chris? I, I never have. Actually, the first time I actually heard about it was maybe like three, four years ago. I've never dipped my toes into the water of Auto Neo, uh, but it sounds really exciting. A different way to play. I love salary cap, especially when it comes to you know that dead sport that I barely play anymore, fantasy football. But <laughs> baseball, it sounds really intriguing with the amount of players that are out there and being able to construct a team based on your salary cap. So it's it's a different way to play, and it's exciting for those looking for something different. Hell yeah, it is. It's awesome. I'm a big fan of it. And I thought it sucked when I did it in 2014. I thought it was really cheap looking. It was hard to navigate. But that was eight years ago. And I got offered to come into a new Adunia league from an FTN pal of mine. Shout out to uh, Scott Spratt, a guy I've gotten to know recently. So he said, hey, you want to try joining our Adunia league? And I said, you know what? It's been a really long time. And he also said there were some people like Paul Spore in there and that. I was like, oh, I'll compete against those guys. That'd be fun. So I jumped in. And I was really impressed with the format and the way it looks. I really was. It was it was much different looking. It was a lot easier to navigate, and I was thoroughly impressed. I'm like, wow, Adunio, somebody did some work here and got this thing going because it looks real nice, Clark, real nice. So I'm recommending it. Adunio, folks. Deary, you should give it a shot if you want to get back into the uh, technical aspects of it all that are not overly complicated and make it easy to navigate. Yeah, you know, uh, a lot of people don't talk about, you know, the the easy access and navigability. Navig- how to navigate some of these sites can be <laughs> difficult. So there's there's some platforms that I don't play on because they're just confusing. Also, you know, having a solid mobile app can be, can be big. And I play on, I think, three or four, you know, different sites and different platforms. Some I like more than others. Some is just kind of industry, industry st- standard or... You know, some that you've just kind of played in for years, but, uh, you know, that looks fantastic. Yeah. Something that's that you can navigate easy is really, really important, you know, when you're looking out there and playing. So, like, you know, I think of something like ESPN. I've never played ESPN fantasy baseball. You yeah. Know, now it's, you know, there's some fan tracks in there, obviously, sure. you know, some NFBC and, uh, you know, it's still standard uh, Yahoo, my head to head leagues with, you know, you know, that we've been doing for years. Genius, and, uh, genius, genius. Around there, but, uh, wow, this looks fantastic. I like it. Yeah, it's got a, kind of an old school look to it, but it's really easy to navigate. And, of course, this is my roster I was given. I got Shohei Otani, so that's cool, but I really should have cut a lot more guys because we had our draft this past Monday. 
And uh, I realized that everybody had a lot more money than me. It was an auction draft. And there's a lot of guys I should have cut that I didn't. This is a lesson I'll learn going forward, just jumping back into Adunio. But you look at the top here. This is for those of you that can see this live on YouTube, which you guys should be subscribing to and smashing the like button, as they say. Smash that like button, brah. Uh, if you're listening, you know what Adunio looks like. Because you could go to the browser right now and type in adunio.com and check it out. But, yeah, you got rosters up here, roster organizer. You, get, you can have a notebook here where you can make notes. Mm. Of course, your standard watch list for all the players. And it includes news, which is connected to Rotowire, but also fan graphs. There's a fan graphs connection of uh, free agents as well, where you can look up who's still a free agent in real life. A lot of cool stuff. So I'm strongly recommending Adunio now. I'm officially in, and I'm glad to be a part of it. So, yay! Woohoo! Yay! Is everybody happy now? I'm happy. Okay, good. Russell says, drafting Tarf tomorrow. Oh, what should my strategy be? Tarf! So, me and Deary, uh, a moment. Seven days from right now, this moment. We're going to be going to Glarf, right? Yeah, we're going to be drafting Glarf. Great Lakes Area fan, Roto Fantasy, baby. So TARF is the Texas area Roto Fantasy League. We're in Glarf, Great Lakes, and there's 10 different ones. I've described this before. If you're new to fantasy baseball, you've never heard of it. It's called Earth. You can check it out on Twitter. There's 10 different sub-regional leagues. Like Everybody who's in the business at all, everybody's in this. And then just some other randos, too. And it's a big, big competition where we play for money, but we also play for charity because, you know, <laughs> I got to say, I love being charitable. I'm down with charity, but it seems like, like today's Potapalooza, actually. I'm going to be on Potapalooza at 7 o'clock tonight. It's Saturday when we're recording this. Justin Mason does his Potapalooza every year where he raises money for a charity. But, you know, truth is, a lot of people play fantasy baseball because they want to make money. So let's not forget that either. <laughs> I think that's still a part of it, right? Of course. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. But I'm all down. Let's, let's make money. Let's win. Let's compete. And let's donate to a charity to make a difference in the world. Whatever, motherfucker! No, I'm serious. I think it's important. I really do. I, and when I'm on Potapalooza tonight, I'll be on with Baseball Pods, Justin Mason, and Dave McDonald from Rotosaurus. We'll be talking about what makes a great podcast. What's the future of podcasting in fantasy baseball? I'd, we'll probably talk about tons of <laughs> random crap. It has nothing to do with that, most likely. But There's yeah, a lot of pods out there. <laughs> well, Russell wants to know, you know, what is the strategy? TARF is a 15-team Roto. Five by five, standard issue. No trades either, but there is fab. Fab, fab yep. So you could take more risks on players that might not make the cut. Like when you're doing a draft and hold, which actually uh, I'm in the Palazzo Invitational right now, dear. I finally got involved. I'm in League 5, the Palazzo Invitational. Available to you right now for sign-up. Go to our Twitter handle. I can try to put the link in the live chat, too, but it's at the top of the Palazzo Podcast Twitter handle, 2L2Zs. Utah. And you can see Give the link and sign up. It's 50 bucks. It's a 50-round draft and hold. No fab. And that's it. Do or die. But to our clock as well. With TARF, though, that's Roto with fab. So in the Palazzo Invitational, Deary, there's guys I look at that I don't want to get stuck with if they're not going <laughs> to play. But you could take more risks in a TARF draft because you could drop a guy who might like last year, Edward Cabrera was a guy I drafted in my main event and he didn't end up coming out the, the gates with the team. He was in the minor leagues and he was behind. So I cut him. I took a shot that maybe he might come up sooner than later. And Spencer Strider was another case. You might be a lot more risky or feel much more uncertain about drafting a Spencer Strider last year in a draft and hold. Cause you don't know if he's going to play, but in fab you can make that 
a reality. You could take that risk, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you, you think about the guys that you can scoop up on Fab that may only be like a two, two, three week megasaurus for you or, you know, guys that, you know, you, you, you can wait on a little bit. I mean, you have the chance to drop people. You have a chance to score in Fab. Drafting holds, I just do not do well. And um, I end up drafting guys that we never see all season. And sure, you can make some digs later on when you're drafting 50 guys. But I love the opportunity with Fab. It makes Sunday night absolutely fantastic. It makes Sundays, it, it's almost like NFL football Sunday. You're sitting there constructing your Fab for all your leagues. So um, I, I love that strategy. I love that. Uh, you know, Tarf is going to be a part of Earth this year. Of course, Glarf, we are defending champs. So I'm super excited to present that check next Saturday when we are out in Chicago for a wonderful draft. Hey, look at us. We're good people. Wow, dude. Chad says, speaking of leagues, are you in Justin's 8,000 deep invitational? Is that? So I saw this last night, dear. Did you see the reveal for the TGFBI leagues across the globe here? And they had... My league said 7,680 or something. Is that a <laughs> that joke? Make sense. Yeah, Mine's the, like 7,777 or something like that. I was very confused. Yeah, I, I feel like I missed a joke or something. I'll ask Justin about it later when I'm on Potapalooza at 7 o'clock. Brian K. Rodgers, what's up, dude? Brian, great to have you in here. Brian's pissed right now because I haven't made my picks in the Palazzo Podcast Invitational, which I'm on the clock, literally. I wanted to show real quick, though, armchairroto.com. This was what I was talking about with Russell's website. It's a great site. He's got projections. Look at this. He's got projections up here. 2023 projections. This is totally free. Below you find his 2023 projections. You can take a minute to learn how he put it together. Look at this. This is all free. And Russell's a really good player. Do you know Russell used to work at ESPN once upon a time? He did. He worked at ESPN.com. Yeah. Yep. So very underrated dude. Very underrated. And he wrote this article here about playing out of new and why you should play it. So that's what we're Got me thinking about Adunio. Check this out, armchairroto.com. It's a quality website, and Russell is a very, very good fantasy player. So you want to learn from people who know what they're doing. Russell's one of those guys. Russell Withers. Chad says, live chat pick. Let's do it, Govier. Okay, all right, here we go. I'm going to bring no, it up. Th- no, this is how Mike goes, man. I'm in uh, <laughs> the league to be named later with Robbie Baseball. You were a butt of all jokes for the last week and a half. It's like, oh, six hours left in the clock. <laughs> we got Govier. He'll be here in like four hours. <laughs> I'm just laughing. I'm like, he's got, he's got stuff going on, man. Waiting for like maybe everybody else. No, I certainly wasn't, but I also hammed it up a bit because everybody gets so pissed. So I'd like to see these people who really... You people who flip out about slow clocks, why do you get into leagues with a slow clock in the first place? I don't get it. What's your problem? It's not mine. I'm playing within the rules. Don't play in leagues that have an eight-hour clock or a six-hour clock. Sorry. I'm not sorry. Wait, sorry, not sorry. That's what people say, right? Damn it. something like that. All right, well, I'm going to pull this up here. Let's go live to League 5, which you guys can join. You can join. You guys can sign up. We're now filling League Number five. I'm in League Four. Sorry. So we're filling League Five. Get in there. Be a part of it. We're going to try to fill as many leagues as we can. We also wanted a top. Last year, we had five leagues. So let's at least fill six leagues this year. So we show every year a little bit of growth. One more step of growth for the Palazzo Podcast. All right. So we're in round 16, I believe, Deary. We made some progress here. We're past the beginning. We got a roster that's brewing. And I'm going to expose my... Wait. Can I hide my cue? I hate... I got to hide my cue. Hang on. Yeah. Okay. I hit my cue. There we go. This is smart. See, this is a pro's tip right here. Hide your cue when you do a live check-in on your draft. So here we are. 
There it is. Good old NFBC website. And I've uh, number one pick, dearie. So I had the first pick of the draft. I'm at the beginning. I get back-to-back picks here. I took Shohei Otani number one overall, dearie. Okay. What do you think of that? Um, That's kind of your standard. You love taking Shohei. You're going to get him as a utility player and also a pitcher, which is, which is nice. A lot of people are going to talk about scarcity and the fact that you can only play him at utility and why not go out there and grab an outfielder or a third baseman where you know it's not very deep but i got no problem with taking otani man i really struggled i wanted to take julio rodriguez julio rodriguez why can't i speak julio rodriguez very tantalizing but i also fear a slight sophomore jinx could be there could be some adjustments the book comes out on players, and they do have to learn to make their own adjustments second season. So I figured, why not go with something tried and true? Plus, he's a starting pitcher who's really, really good, and I can go either way with him. And we're looking at a free agent year. He's going to be the best Otani ever. He really is. Yeah, I know I sure, it. I, I, I sure hope so. I mean, when you're drafting, like, in those the, in those first five or six picks, I don't think you can go wrong. I mean, you're going to get a superstar player, you know, barring any injury, who's going to be able to contribute to your roster. And when Otani can, you know, be a utility player and a starting pitcher, like you said, in, in the contract year, that's huge. And, you know, it's more about what we're going to talk about later is how do you construct your team after those first three, four rounds? We know everything about those guys in the first three, four rounds. Yep. What about the, that middle tier of guys? What about... You know, you're in round 16 here. Yeah, where are we at right now? Can you grab a gem? Can you get a top 100 player right here? Possibly. And Chad says, you're in the League of Death, right? Yes. League 4 has turned into League of Death. I was really trying to avoid that. But (laughs) Justin Mason's in there. And Brian K. Rodgman, of course, is in there. We got a nice crew of people who wanted to play. Charlie, shout out to my guy Charlie, who's a Discord legend on Plaza (laughs) Podcast. We got a lot of people who are going to be challengers. And also... The defending champion of the overall, the second annual champion, Zachary Nelson himself is in this league. So shit, man. It's not going to be easy. Congratulations again, Zach, on being the second ever overall winner of the Quantum Podcast Invitational. The first winner was Richard Sands. Zach is second. You could be third if you sign up now. Go to the Plaza Podcast Twitter feed, two L's, two Z. Utah. All right. Give me two. If you sign up now, you're going to have the chance to get in a league with me because I haven't even signed up yet. I'm hoping to do it later this afternoon. Yeah, you got to get your ass in there. I tried. You got to get in League Five. You should be in there ASAP. I don't want you. If you miss this thing entirely, it's going to be a huge problem. Uh, Star Platinum, man. What's up, Star Platinum? I haven't seen you in a while. Good to see you back for the baseball season. Everyone's starting to come out of the woodwork now. It's late February. Spring training has begun, dearie. Did you see Robbie Grossman hit a home run? Did you get excited? I haven't seen. I haven't checked anything out yesterday or or today, and I know that uh, games are rolling, and I'm I'm ready to dive deep and start watching some spring training baseball. Yeah, this is where too. people are going to make all their you know ridiculous you know predictions about what's going to happen. We have one right here. Glass now looked amazing in live batting practice. <laughs> Thank you, Star Platinum. Yep, here let's lock it in. There'll be a lot of locks being called out here sooner than later. But he saw Tyler Glass now pitch live batting practice, and they couldn't hit him. Is the Tyler Glass now still a two pitch pitcher though? Because that Gives me pause. I'm just going to say that. Uh, Chad says, Josh Young stands out as someone who shouldn't be there and might just be better than your current third baseman. So you're making fun of Josh Rojas, my current third baseman? Not cool, dude. (laughs) Oh, Yancey's in there. Yeah, of course. Yancey's in this league as well. And Yancey's the one. Shout out to Yancey. Love you, Yancey. You're the best. Yancey made this league go off in 20 minutes. We had like three people in it. Then he blasted about it and the league was filled. And then suddenly I was, I was driving around like between the border from Canada to the United States. And I was first pick on the clock. All of a sudden I was like, what shit? 
This leak wasn't even <laughs> it full yet. Quick. <laughs> yeah, that's what I love. It's like once it fills, you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The draft starts right away. That's something you should be aware of. When your league fills, be ready to draft. Don't. It doesn't start the next day. Chad says, "I'll repeat from earlier: Parker Meadows hit a bomb, and Austin came racing out of the dugout to celebrate." Hmm. Oh, Austin Meadows. Love. Austin Meadows. Yeah, I'm a little concerned Ooh. still, but we'll see. Spring training can tell us a lot. Be All right, so what do we do here, Deary? I got, I got this pitching. I got Shohei Otani. I got Manoa. I took two closers with Ryan Presley and Jose Leclerc, and I got Giolito and Trevor Rogers. So I've got four starters right now, mm. and the outfields: Luis Robert, T. Oscar, Riley Green. I took a shot at Riley Green. I think he's going to be okay. I think he's going to be a solid contributor. Yeah, he's a real mystery. I, it was a strange choice for me. I was kind of caught between him and should I go with Oscar Gonzalez? Would you rather have Oscar Gonzalez or Riley Green? That's the question. Two young guys. I mean, Gonzalez probably has a better lineup around him. Yeah. I don't know. You got to take a home, hometown guy every once in a while. Where, where did you draft Green? We're going to get all in your face and point out your faults. Right? Yeah, he was, the last, uh, so? he was the last go around. My last two picks yeah. around 220. It was Oscar Gonzalez mm. or him, and I... I feel like Oscar Gonzalez could hit for a higher batting average, but I already had batting average guys like Tyler Stevenson, a catcher, Ty France. Uh, where, yeah, where else you get Luis Robert? Average? Luis Robert. <laughs> I got three I guys. Love, I love Luis Robert this year. It's got to all come together eventually. He can't be hurt forever. I don't. I, I'm strongly, strongly. I've said this in the plots of Discord earlier in the week. The Tony La Russa effect was a major problem. I'm telling you, the White Sox are going to bounce back in a big way. All of them. Almost all of them. I'm heavy on a lot of White Sox. That's why I took Giolito. I took Robert. I like Yohan Mankata again. I'm telling you, TLR was a major bummer, and it destroyed that clubhouse, and it had an impact on their day-to-day. It did. You'll see. You'll see this later in the season when you're like, wow, these guys look much better this year. I, I thought that was going to be a 90-95 to 95 win team last year. They have so much talent. It seemed just like besides injury, just guys that just had the worst seasons of their career, you know, Giolito, Moncada, and yeah, TLR just is a nightmare in that dugout when you got, you know, an 80-year-old dinosaur of a manager in there. You, you got to bring in some you got to bring in some youth. I thought that was the one of the dumbest hires in the last 15 years. Yeah, I think a TLR and it's oh, oh, Go away. I know he made up that heart thing just to get out of it so he didn't have to get fired, but we all know the truth, TLR. Whatever you got to do to go home and retire. You already had a legacy in baseball, so chill out, you drunk. Oh, that's not cool. I called him a drunk just because he's had some DUIs. Not everybody who has DUIs is an alcoholic. It's not fair, and I apologize for that, TLR. That was not cool on my part. Chad wants to know the format here. This is standard 5 by 5 Roto in the Plotso Podcast Invitational. No fab, 50-round draft and hold to our clock. All right, let's make these picks. So right now, you can see that Jonah Heim is actually at the top of my queue if you guys can see the one guy there. So I'm giving away one guy. Ooh, second catcher second now, catcher. if we look, you th- yeah, this is the question, Deary. I only got one catcher. It's a two-catcher league, and it's 50-round draft and hold, so I got to have catchers on my roster that I can rely on all year. You can see that I've starred some of these guys, like Heim, Gabriel Moreno of the mm-hmm. now the Arizona Diamondbacks. And way down there, Nick Fortez of Miami. I really like his bat. I love Fortez. I was on the ground floor with Fortez in 2021 when I first noticed some power. He's got serious power in that bat. So I don't know. I mean, if I wait, should I wait around for a guy like Andy Rodriguez of Pittsburgh who's got a lot of talent? He's a highly touted prospect, but how much playing time will he get? 
Carson Kelly, the old veteran in Arizona. I mean, how much will Gabriel Moreno play with Carson Kelly still being there? Somebody they probably want to prop up as a trade piece or as a veteran catcher that they're going to need every day. What do you think? Well, it's all, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's the same situation that's going to be going on in Cleveland right now. Like, how long are they going to stick with Mike Zanino when you can get a young star like Bo Naylor in there? You know, Bo Naylor right here is is four, or, oh, he's about sixth or seventh here on the list of catchers. I think I'd I'd probably wait here and go after a Moreno, a Logan O'Hoppy, or you know, Bo Naylor, even Eric Haas. I mean, I don't think that's terrible. It's you're getting you're not getting batting average from any of these guys. Gnostic Baseball wants me to go for Heim. He's batting fifth today. Get him right now. Texas is much improved. They are. They've got big free agents on offense they've signed the last two years. Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, uh, Adolis Garcia is now a... By the way, I didn't know this when I broke my ADP blackout. Adolis Garcia is a top 70 pick now. I couldn't believe it, Jerry. Does that blow your mind? Well, it was like last year. He ended up like an unbelievable value because no one believed what he did in 21. And then he ended up being a top 70 player last year. And he's gonna, he could do it again this year. I mean... It's amazing. I mean, 20 stolen bases and 20 home runs. That's going to happen for a guy that's probably batting cleanup for them. Well, here comes the ADP machine. Jonah Heim is a guy I've targeted in my last two picks. I've waited on. He's still here, and his ADP is 242, and I'm at pick 240 and 241 right now. So if I don't take him, he might not be there next time. So I think I'm going to do it. Booyah. There we go. Catcher number two, Jonah Heim, has been selected. And now I have one more pick. So I filled out my starting catchers with Tyler Stevenson and Jonah Heim, which I think are two excellent. I like that. Like, what do you think of that? That's a solid two catcher setup for a starting situation where it requires two catchers. I mean, if if Heim does bet fifth in that lineup, if he's betting fifth today in the spring training game, game, Roster Resource has him betting fifth, and I love what's in front of him. So, sure, he may end up batting, you know, similar to last year, around two thirty or so, or, or so, but. There could be 55 to 60 RBIs in there if he's healthy and, you know, sticks in the catcher spot all year. He doesn't strike out a lot, which is good. Um, so that that could help him. Last year, a 9.1% walk percentage. It's pretty damn good for a catcher. So uh, I, I think that could be rock solid. If he can give you the same amount of plate appearances last year, uh, he had 450 last year in 127 games. If he can, if he can stick around 450, I think that's okay. You got to get two catchers. You got to yeah. get them at some point. Yeah, there's always a catcher that'll pop up out of nowhere. It will happen this year, but I'm just locking it in now. I feel good. I haven't wasted super-duper high-end draft capital on catching. I've gotten it where it fit in my concept, my roster construction, right? I, what positions in Roto this year have more depth or less depth? I think catcher has a little bit more depth than it's ever had, and it's really top-heavy with some legitimate offensive threats now, which we have been lacking in past years at catcher, Deary. Yeah, you know, it's not bad. It's it's a little deeper than it's been, you know, for years past. I mean, certainly you got those top guys, the Real Mutos and the Varshows and Will Smith. Smith, I think Salvador comes back. And then you got these young guys, Adley and Kirk, you know, Tyler Stevenson, please stay healthy. Sean Murphy's now with the Braves. So, I mean, we're going probably 10 deep of guys that can be really solid contributors. And then you're looking here at the range of, you know, probably 15 to 20 where, you know, a lot of guys that we just mentioned are going to be able to contribute. So I think it's a little deeper than it's been in a long time. Damn right. It is John Bertie though. Nobody likes Remember what John Bertie did <laughs> last year. <laughs> That's right. He stole 41 bases. He only played like 102 games, folks. That is Incredible. That's something that maybe I guess people aren't trusting it because his ADP is in the toilet. You get steals galore. He steals 40 bases and doesn't even try again. 
only plays part-time. I don't know. I guess people thought it was a fluke because his ADP doesn't reflect what he did last year. There's also playing time issues. I get it. But I think at this point for my draft here in the Plotso Podcast Invitational League 4, the League of Death. Looks like I, I might have to go outfield because I only have three outfielders right now, and we're getting into the 250s up to the 300 soon. Next time I pick, it'll be about 270. So I just don't. I mean, Lourdes Gurriel, Michael Conforto, these are some of the guys at the top ADP-wise. There's Austin Hayes, who you always hope will do more, but never quite does enough. Also, looking at roster construction, I've got Luis Robert, who I think should steal 20 bases, no problem this year. Uh, that's minimum playing a full season, okay? And then Teoscar, you know, he stole 12 bases two years ago, right? He had, It's a fluke. It doesn't seem like he's a double-digit base dealer, but again, I'm expecting steals to go up just a tad for everybody, and certain players will get back to a double digit. So I'm expecting at least 10 from Teoscar. And then Riley Green, he's not a fast guy, and he hasn't shown that he could steal bags. So I'd be surprised if Riley Green is more of a threat on the bases than he's been. And I actually thought before I made that final decision that Riley Green could steal more bags, but there's just no proof of that. I would have to see it to believe it. Yeah, also, just like I just don't know how much the Tigers are going to steal, if at all. Uh, You know, there's a guy in that list that – could either end up in the minors after two weeks or he could end up stealing 30 bags in Esturi Ruiz of the A's. Yeah, the A's suck. Uh, he got, <laughs> he's got he got a full wide-open prairie to run on, if you will, because the A's are terrible and they're just going to play these guys that they acquired. He, got, he came over from the Brewers last year, right? So... I don't know, but can he hit? Can he stay in the lineup enough to hit? That's the other thing. Even if the A's give him all the opportunities in the world, we've seen players who lose opportunities because they just cannot hit to stay on the field. And that could be the X factor, I think, for Estuary Ruiz. So Yeah, he, has, he, has, he, just, he hasn't seen any major league pitching. I mean, the guy's got 36 plate appearances through AAA last year with the Padres and the Brewers. I mean, he batted 315 and 320 in both those places. Um, I no way he's going to do that here in Oakland, but if he can get, you know, 400 plus uh, plate appearances, 25, 30 bags could be really, really nice. Yeah. Chad says he likes Conforto here. His ADP suppressed by the year off. Conforto is a solid player. He just been gone for so long. And then he says he also likes Torque and Josh Young at corner infield. And again, corner infield is an area where you got to strike, I think, because it can get pretty rough later on. I mean, you look at corner infield right now, First and third base, in case you're new to baseball. Josh Young, Bertie, Mancini, Turner, Yandy. Who never is Yandy going to hit more fly balls this year? <laughs> That's a classic bit. What a classic bit in fantasy baseball. The Yandy ground ball talk. Spencer Torkelson. I don't know what to expect from Torkelson this year. What's your take on Tork? I'm avoiding him because I don't know what to expect. It, it's usually this area where I'm trying to fill out my starters that I'm trying to go with what I know, you know. I know what I'm going to get from Trey Mancini. I know what I'm going to get from Justin Turner, Josh Young, John Birdie, you know, you know, Mancata, you know, guys like that. I don't know what I'm getting from them. And I'm, I'm going to avoid those guys that I think could make a big splash, but I'd rather go with someone who's super dependable right here, who you know what you're going to get. When I look at the layout, folks, talking roster construction here, having a rap session, I'm going to wait on pitcher because I think there's more pitchers I like that aren't, going to go off the board just yet and i feel the same about outfield there's some outfielders i really like about 80 to 100 picks later in adp but somebody could jump that and ruin my day 
but I'm going to take the risk that I've been staying true in this draft. I want my guys. I don't care about ADP, but I'm also going to try to play the market against itself. I'm using all of the information yeah. available to myself. So I think I'm going to go. Okay. You're gonna go let's, corner let's outfield, a, corner let's, infield let's here. Let's give a look. Give a look at starting pitchers. I just want to see who's around right now. Well, we got Lance McCullers, uh, Jose Barrios. Oh, we got some guys started here giving me away. Uh oh. Uh, Barrios is straight. Merrill Kelly. Merrill Kelly. I don't know if he can do what he did again last year, but he pitched 200 innings too, which is incredible. It wasn't that fluky either. Whip is a little if his whip retreats back to 1.3 or 1.27ish area that's a problem for me I don't love uh, I don't I think I, I mean with the pitches I have now Shohei could pitch could not pitch and Manoa is I think is a stud I think Giolito bounces back as the ace of the staff even though Dylan Cease has become the man there and then Trevor Rogers I'm expecting to have a big bounce back here so there's a little bit more risk involved so maybe I need someone I can count on maybe I should take another starting pitcher here and trust the gut. Hmm. Yeah, but who's that guy? Honestly, on that board right there, it actually might be Merrill Kelly. Mm. God, what? God, Jose Barrios. This guy was a top 100 pick last year. The, the worst year of his career. He was just a disaster. His, his fastball just got lit up last year. One of the worst fastballs in the league last year. Yep. Just got destroyed. I think I like Eric Lauer here, and I think I'm going to do it. I, Eric Lauer has he's been inconsistent. But he still comes in with an ERA under four last year. He has big strikeout games, but then he struggles with too many walks. But the Brewers are so good at developing their pitching. I think Lauer can take another step this year, and I want to be a part of that. So I actually would rather have him over all these guys. Jameson Tyone, obviously Frankie Montas, Aaron Ashby, those guys are dead. Merrill Kelly and Jose Barrios and Lance McCullers, another guy whose injuries I don't want to deal with. Marcus Stroman, Tyler Anderson, no way he's going to – Tyler Anderson's going to regress. We all know that. That's It's like that one year where um, – oh, shit, who's that guy on the Rangers? I think he used to play for the Twins. He had, like, this ridiculous year, and we all knew it wasn't going to happen again. He was, like, a utility guy, infielder, outfielder. I feel like we're doing the uh, – We do this what, what every week. What was the last show we had? Oh, that was a uh, wait. No, it was um, the guy on the Mariners who was a former Atlanta prospect, stole a ton of bases. What was his name? Was it Terrence Long? No, no, it was the oh the last show we did. Remember, we couldn't figure out who that guy was, and we were sitting here trying to like who <laughs> we can't. This is so quickly we lost who he was. Oh my god, we are such losers! You guys were here doing the show with us. Help us out for Christ's sakes! Oh boy. Uh, Jameson is the guy I want there, says Chad. No way. I, no thanks. I don't want him in Chicago. I'm not not a huge fan of that park for him as a pitcher. But maybe I'm wrong. So the innings, I'm gonna, the innings should be the innings should be there. I mean, you're talking Lauer right now. Lauer had 158 innings last year. I actually didn't realize he had that many innings last year. So maybe he ticks up to 170 this year. Um, and I Ooh. like what the Brewers do with their pitching staff with what you said. And I think that that ERA should hover right around four, which not bad at this spot. Malik Smith. Can we memorize this guy's name for Christ's right. sake? Malik, Malik Smith. Smith. Malik Smith. Yep, Such right an unusual board. name. Malik's. Malik's. Malik Smith. Memorize it. Malik Smith. I'm burning it into my brain right now. Malik Smith. Never forget you. But the guy on the 2019 Rangers, that's what I want to think of because he was a former Minnesota guy and... We all knew that his season was such a fluke. 
I'm going to find his name. I want to make this reality. 2019 Rangers? Yeah. I feel like it was the 2019 Rangers. Maybe it was 2018. Ah, hell, I don't know. But it was just so... Oh, yes! Danny Santana! Danny Santana. That's who I was thinking of. Remember, he he had that great year, uh, totally out of the blue. Look at his career stats. 28 home runs, 81 RBIs, 21 stolen bases. Yes! batting average. Unbelievable. A couple of years later, he's out of the league. He hasn't played since 2021, folks. That it, so that eight, was like the 857 OPS. Yes. Yeah, see? That's what I'm talking about. Danny Santana was everybody who's played fantasy baseball knew the next year. No way in hell I'm taking Danny Santana. It's a total fluke, total fraud. And to me, that is the exact same situation we're looking at here with the guy we were originally talking about, which I can't remember now. Because I can't remember anything. Because we're doing a live show and my head is filled with so much information. My head's going to explode. So, there you go. So, so you were set on... Uh... Tyler Anderson. Tyler Anderson is who we were talking about. Yeah, it's obvious. <laughs> Tyler Anderson is this year's Danny Santana. Lock that in right now. There you go. So, I'm taking Eric Lauer, dear. I'm going to close this out so we can move on. If I bring up another position, I could probably get you off Lauer and you can move on to someone else. That's how your brain works. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We could go to a whole new realm. You know, Chad's pushing for me to go with corner infield here to take Josh Young, which I would like to take Josh Young. I'm a fan. His bat is for real, and he's playing in a lineup that's got a lot of potential. Uh, that ballpark, though, is it's pitcher-friendly for sure. It's really looking that way, the new Globe Life field. but And they also steal a ton of bases. The Rangers have been like the Padres over the last couple of years, the teams that steal the most bags most frequently. But that's not a big no, I, part of Josh Young's game. It's a minor part. I think, I think you should go Lauer here. Okay. I'm doing it. I think Booyah! you either go here or you go outfield. I did it. It's right, done. Yeah, Lauer. Okay. There we go. Now I can look at this starting rotation and I can feel, even if there's some risk about it, I feel like Lauer provides a floor after Trevor Rogers and Lucas Giolito and the uncertainty of how often I'll use Shohei at pitcher versus utility. Yeah. I feel good about it. I think that worked out well. I don't have any regrets there. And that's the best part about drafting is when you can draft and say, I got no regrets. Right, dear? You get your guys, man. You know, you, you, yes, you hate get talking. your guys. Get, get your guys. I was actually telling uh, uh, Greg Jewett and I were uh, DMing back and forth today because we both have the number one pick <laughs> in TGFBI. Uh oh. Oh, Chris Shelton. And he's, and I was like, yeah, I'm like, you got to get your guys because he asked me which way I'm going with number one. And, you know, we're, we're kind of on the same page of who we want. But it's like, hey, you get your guys. Um, ADP is going to help you in terms of maybe where other people might be looking towards and maybe it may be able to, you know, give you a strategy of who might be around the next couple rounds. But yep. don't feel afraid if we're at pick 270 to go for a guy that's ADP is at 315, 320, because he could be going in the next 15 picks. And if you like this guy and you've done your work and feel like he could add value to your team, go ahead and grab him. Go Tigers. Yeah, Chris Shelton, all-timer. Get your guys. Chris Shelton was a guy that someone's like, oh, that's my guy, and then he died. But it was a great <laughs> – he had a great Red month pop. of April. He had a great month of April in – 2007? 2009? It's one of those Tiger years where they sucked after they went to the World Series. I don't think it was the 2006 year. I think it was the year. Yeah. It was either. It was one of those years after that. Anyways, get your guys here on the Plotso Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Sign up for the Plotso Podcast Invitational. Utah. You could be. Give me two. Just like me. Drafting. Real time. It's a lot of fun. I am so excited. I got got the fever. I feel 
So much excitement right now related to baseball. Drafting right now has never felt better. There's no lockout to bring us down. And I've done things the way I want to do them this year, Deary. I didn't get obsessed with ADP early. I've done my own work. Stayed true to myself. Blackout, lockout of all the other information just so I could form my own opinion first. And now I'm letting it all come in. And I feel really good about it. I do. I feel like this could be one of my best years ever. I'm very excited about it. I, I think March is the time to start drafting, too. I got nothing against those, those guys that start drafting in December and January, but so much happens in between that time. Guys that are free agents are still looking to sign. Injuries pop up. Guys that, you know, think of Frankie Montas. You know, he's someone that, you know, people are still drafting, you know, in a certain spot. But, you know, guys are probably going to miss the whole season now because, you know, guys will elect to end up having those season-ending, you know, surgeries or something that could take them out 12 weeks. Do this stuff now. Deary has a better shirt on. Go Blue says Gnostic Baseball. That's right. Go Blue. Woohoo! Did Michigan beat Rutgers the other night? Did they lose? They did. It was ugly, but they won. <laughs> oh, they did win? Yeah, they won. I watched it. Yay! Wow. It's, it's so funny because there are games that I lock in and I'll watch that shit. And then other games, I'm like, I'll turn it off in the first 10 minutes. Oh, man. They're, yeah. they're just they're a gross team to watch. Can't do it. Yeah, that's awful. But hey, they, they, they needed that out to make the tournament. No, they needed that win to stay alive. That's a big road win against a good, I mean, a good Big Ten team, anyways. Rutgers sucks. <laughs> uh, yeah, they have ten wins in the conference, but they suck. The Big Ten blows. Well, they've been slipping. They've they've gone south over the last five. That's true. Chad says Rule Five pick Mason Englert strikes out the side in his tire spring training debut. Ten pitches, nine strikes, five whiffs. Two of the five whiffs. Came on his 82 to 85 mile per hour changeup. Bingo, bango. I see you took him in the league to be named later uh, rookie draft. Genius, genius, genius. That's me. I did. I took him in round five. I was looking over pitchers that could possibly actually perform. Contribute. This, yeah. He's he's never been above double A. He was a Texas Rangers prospect. He got hurt. And he's never pitched above double A, but the Tigers took him in the Rule 5 draft, and I don't think they're going to give him back. I, He's going to play in the majors this year. Not as a starter, necessarily, but he could be a swingman, a, a long reliever of some type, or maybe a short reliever, but I think he's going to be involved here. He, I had no idea who he was, and it was a one of those moments. You've had these moments, right, where you're looking at your draft, you're researching players and it all just kind of comes together and it makes total sense to you. Like every part of it, like timing, what his age is, who he gets picked up by, uh, injuries, it all just coalesces. And then your roster, it fits perfectly. And you make that pick with total confidence. Cause you know, that's a great pick. Yeah. I mean, something pops up. I mean, th- th- for context here, the league we're talking about, this is a 30 team dynasty. So it's like guys like this, you need to target in your league, <laughs> and you got to do some deep ass research. But yes. when you look at that, tig- that Tigers rotation, we're probably going to see 10 different starters this year. I mean, you got guys Go that from injury, you got guys that are out for the year, you got guys that haven't pitched over like 75 innings. So it's going to be interesting. Damn right it is. Child, please. I want to comment on this right here from Andy. Andy Bell, how are you, my friend? Great to see you. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023 Fantasy Baseball Analysis. Does it feel good, Andy? How do you feel? Let me know in the comments. But also, DM me on Twitter. Hit me up after the show. MJ Govier on Twitter is my Twitter handle. MJ Govier. DM me or join the Palazzo Podcast Discord for free, and you can message me on there and... I have a workaround. I can get you in. If you live in Michigan, I think I could help. I, I can't make any promises, 
I don't make any proclamations that say I can get you in because NFBC is technically locked out of Michigan right now. But I'm going to tell you just to DM me and I'll see if maybe we could help you out in some way. DM me anybody who lives in Michigan who wants to play in the Palazzo Podcast Invitational and we'll see if uh, we can pull off a miracle. You know, no promises, but you know, maybe a miracle could happen. Okay, good. Gnostic Baseball says closers need to throw heat. What is his top speed? Fair. I'm not saying that he's going to be a closer. Not No Mason Angler closer guarantee here at all. Although that would be interesting because the closer job is assumed to be Alex Lang's in Detroit. Right, Deary? Go Tigers. After, after what he showed last year, I think he's certainly going to get the first opportunity. And he says, love you guys, love the show. I'll hit you up on Discord. Thanks. Damn right you will. My man. The Discord link is also at the top of the Palazzo Podcast Twitter profile, 2Ls2Z. Two two Utah. And Give some of you people had actually DM'd the Palazzo Podcast Twitter handle over the last week. I just don't I didn't know that people DM us on there, and I felt bad because we had some people wanted to know some things about their keepers. They had questions about their teams. So keep them coming and try to be more consistent on that. I apologize if it let you down in any way. All right, well, let's get into some business talk here, although we're a half hour into the show. See, now that i got the stand-up desk, I can really get grooving here. You can groove, man. You can groove. Oh, yeah. Girl, yeah. Now we're going to make love. It's no, sexy. No. All right, business time today. I want to shout out Al Melchior. Al Melchior went to University of Michigan. He's an excellent fantasy baseball podcaster slash analyst in his own right slash player. It's going to be a lot of fun. Check out his You, Me, and an Album series. Great podcast. He talks about music, but he gets presented with a whole new album he's never heard before. And he just had on Kelly Deal from the Breeders, dearie, which was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, she's came on to talk about some other side. Yeah, some other bands she has, some other side projects she has. And that's cool. So, strongly recommending you mean an album, Al Melchior's podcast. If you like music, you want to be exposed to new stuff, I think it's a great way to make that happen. Of course, sign up for our Discord. It's totally free. I'll drop the Discord link in the live chat. It's totally free. And right now, this is the best time to be in the Plotso Podcast Discord because of what's going on. We got draft season. We got spring training kicking off. And we got guys who are there every day. These people are mad for baseball. Every day, people not including me and Deary are in there. They're just talking about baseball all day long. Ben Chase and Jared and Thud and, of course, Chad. It's just nonstop. Jamie, all you guys are in there all day, every day talking about baseball. And I love it. You keep the conversation going. And it's great for newcomers who want to get feedback on trade reviews. Right? You're right now, you're trying to make trades. You're trying to make draft decisions. Should I take this guy or that guy? We can do it all for you. Palazzo Podcast Discord. No charge. Totally free. It's pretty cool. Love it. I, love it or leave it. And then uh, I want to thank Tout Wars. Tout Wars has brought me aboard. I'm officially a Tout Wars person now, so I'm very grateful for that. Thank you to Jeff and Todd and Peter and everybody else there at Tout Wars. I'll be going to New York City and Manhattan next month. Yeah, they're doing a draft at the Edison Hotel. I'm going to be in the... There's a lot of Tout War leagues. Mm-hmm. And I'll be in the 12-team auction head-to-head, which we love head-to-head here. So that should be fun. I think you can do well, Matt. You've been playing head-to-head a very long time, but you're going to be up there with some real heavy hitters. But it is auctions. I mean, how do you feel about... I mean, auction leagues... 
I like, I did a, in fact, I did an auction mock draft. I never do mock drafts, but I wanted to prep for the Tout Wars next month. Yeah. And I got invited in on Tuesday night to do one with Dave Chauvin from Roto World, or formerly Roto World, now called NBC Sports Edge, which nobody likes that name. Sorry. I love you, Dave. Roto World was a perfect name. Anyways, Dave set it up, and there was a ton of people in there. Nick Pollock and Eric Cross and uh, DJ Short. Everybody was in there doing a 12-team auction mock draft. And I think there's really, really, really... Beneficial strategies to make your team even better than it would be in a 12-team snake draft, Erie. I think that's why auctions could be great. Well, I mean, I don't think either of us like mock drafts, but at least it's real people doing it, not some bot. Right, and I took it seriously as, like, it was money on the line because I wanted to practice for Tout Wars. So you can, mock drafts can be beneficial, Erie. We don't love them here. We think they're superfluous, superfluous. That's a tough word. Man, that word always gets me. Superfluous. I, I think they're really helpful for people that are just starting off in fantasy baseball and trying to get into the world and haven't done many drafts before. Because I think that's going to help you at least practice on how to start to construct your team. Um, you know, don't don't worry about the ADP in there, but at least you can figure out like, okay, I, I need a third baseman. Where can I think about getting a guy like that? How can I construct my first few rounds? Who may be around later in a draft? I think I think that's helpful. We're talking about practice. It's good practice. No doubts about it. Brian says, congrats on Tout. Thanks, Brian. Brian, remember we started the show in 2020. You've been here since the beginning. Look how much we've grown over the years. We're big boys now. Mommy, wow! I'm a big kid now. Jaybird says, hi, man, Lauer. Yeah, I did it. Jaybird is in that draft as well. Shout out to Jaybird, who's a local Michigander. He's in the Palazzo Podcast League 4, League of Death. Another heavy hitter. Who, uh, I'll be seeing next month in Vegas, Jaybird, right? You're going to be there? My mock drafts are NFBC 50s. Okay, interesting. So he's saying they're real drafts, and he's making fun of people who do mock drafts because he's doing it for real money by actually doing NFBC 50 round drafting holds. Very cool. I, I do mocks sometimes just because it's like, I want a draft right now, but I'm, I'm still waiting a little bit. I mean, my, my first draft will be actually this upcoming Monday for TGFBI, and then it's going to start rolling after that because, I mean, shit, it could be Palazzo this afternoon. Who knows? Um, <laughs> you know, but, and then we'll have Glarf next weekend, and then yes. Razz Ball starts after that. TGFBI then, starts uh, next week, right? Monday. Oh, wow. Yeah. Monday at noon. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Razzlam's March 6th. Okay. Yep. I want to make a big, big return in Razzlam. I was really bad last year. Yeah. I, I performed well. I was 19th overall in Razzlam last year. Both, wow. years I've, both years I've done Razzlam, I've been very, very good. Teaching Shout out to FBI you. In a disaster. So, um, Dude, that's and, amazing. Yeah. And we'll talk about it more when we talk about, you know, how do you strategize when it comes to points leagues and when it comes to roto leagues and head to head leagues because they're all very different. That's incredible, man. Guys, listen to Deary. He finished 19th overall in the Rand Slam. Man, I'm glad I called that guy. And uh, shout out to the other Tout War newcomers like myself. Frank Amarante, I'm coming for you. You're in my league. You're going down, brother. Oh, yeah. I'm coming for you, Frank Amarante. That's right. The gauntlet has been thrown down. All righty. We do have the Patreon. I've gotten back on track of the Patreon. It's still free right now. It's totally free. It's a Patreon that isn't a Patreon because it's just free. It's a free website, basically. And I did my top 493 head-to-head. That is now available. That's a rankings list. I know you people like rankings. I don't love rankings, but I know they 
they give you a guideline. So I did my top 493 for head-to-head categories leagues specifically. Check that out on the Patreon. I also did my first five guys series, five Tigers to talk about. I should have talked about Mason Englert after the fact. I didn't have him as one of my five guys in the Tiger series, but I'll do another one very soon. I'm going to cover every team for opening day. And grooving with Govier coming out every Wednesday, ftnfantasy.com. Starting next week, March, we're going weekly instead of every two weeks. So I'll be putting a new article every Wednesday on FTN Fantasy. And this one's free. So if you don't have an FTN subscription, don't worry about it. ftnfantasy.com, that's the place for you to be. Guys, guys, let, let me interrupt here. If you guys want to read something that is not only informative when it comes to baseball, but really, really entertaining with some pop culture bits in there and some hilarity, Groovin' with Govier is where it's at. I love Groovin' with Govier. I'm excited to have it back next week. Thank you, dearie. Wow, I did not pay him to say that, and he's not saying that just because he's my friend. What a nice guy. Thank you, brother. That's very kind of you. Isn't that nice when people pump you up like that and you didn't ask for it? Oh, yeah, of course, the Lazo Podcast Invitational, which we're knocking out right now. Please subscribe to the YouTube. I'd really like to get up to 400 subscribers on the YouTube. Can we just get to 400? I mean, we'll never get to 1,000, which is how you actually make money on YouTube. Seem- I bet by the time we get to 2047, Deary, we're doing the show in 2047, we might get to 1,000 subscribers. Maybe old. Yeah, we are going to be old. What's baseball going to look like then? 40 teams, different well, continents. Uh, I want to talk about that momentarily, actually. Uh, yeah, so give us a five-star review on all the standard podcast platforms. Help the show grow. Share it with your friends. I think we got a lot to offer here. We're going to inform and talk about roster construction, roster strategy, different formats, head-to-head. We're not trying to do everything just to do it. Just we have. I play a lot of formats. I'm into Dynasty. I'm into head-to-head redraft. I love it all, and I've got a lot of experience in it, and so does Deary. We both have been doing this for a while, so if you enjoy what we do, share it with your pals. And your frenemies. Who cares? Bring your frenemies aboard. Who gives a shit? All right, let's get into leading off. All righty, leading off, we always give our first catch of the day. We'd like to talk about a focal point for the show. If I can find the button, I'll press it. If I don't have the button, then I can't do it. That's kind of a buzzkill. Where the hell is it? Oh, man, I don't have it anymore. Shit. Anyways, Deary, did you see for the first time that giant pitch clock that looks like the fucking shot clock in NBA basketball? <laughs> what do you think of it, man? It's obnoxious. It really is. I don't want, like, I, I need the pitchers to see it, but I don't want to see it. <laughs> like, it's going to give me anxiety. Like, go ahead, pitch. You have to pitch. You have to pitch. <laughs> and Manny Machado was the first one to get busted? Yeah. Yeah. Busted. You can't do it, dude. You can't do it. Can't do it. You got to stay in the box, and you got to be ready. We got a pitch clock that is bigger than a billboard. It's bigger than that. Uh, there's this church in Ohio. I think it's outside of Dayton or outside of Cincinnati on I-75. If you've ever been down the United States freeway, known as I-75 in Ohio, outside of Dayton, Cincinnati, there's this massive Jesus coming out of the ground. This thing is huge. It is a massive monolithic structure of Christ rising out of the ground, which is Kind of terrifying. It freaks me out <laughs> every time I see it. That thing's huge. It reminds me of the pitch clock. That pitch clock is so obvious and so in your face. I didn't know it was going to be so in your face. I thought maybe it'd be up on the left field kind of mezzanine where they put like the miniature billboard ads that are kind of stripped across, you know, like where the, the levels are separated. But no, it's right there in your face, man. You cannot avoid that sucker. Now, now my big question is this. 
like is it going to be right up in your face just for these minor league games to get the pitchers used to it like is it going to move once we get into the major league parks I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens when we get to opening day hopefully we get some information before then because that thing's going to be obnoxious yeah well we're just getting into it we'll see what happens in two weeks couple weeks later how this two plays weeks on. but i'm excited so that's really I want to talk about. That's the catch of the day is that pitch clock. And I love seeing that Manny Machado of all players, a big time superstar player gets busted, gets held accountable. I love that, man. I really, I don't want this to be a laissez-faire enforcement. I want hardcore enforcement on the pitch clock, on the ball, on the strike. I want everyone who violates the rules to get violated. So this thing really means something because giving away balls and strikes in a regular season game is going to mean a lot. Yeah, we're going to get used to it. I know there's a lot of people out there that are bitching about it. Oh, are they really? Yeah, we're going to get used to it. Well, I mean, I hear I see on Twitter most people going out and saying, hey, we're going to get used to this. Calm down. I haven't seen too many people being like, holy shit, this is fucking game changing. Players are going to adapt. Players are going to get used to it. Okay, shit. I didn't know how pissed people were yet. I hadn't had a chance to jump on Twitter. Let's see here. Oh, Jeff Whiteley's here. Jeff, what's up, dude? Jeff says, I saw Ben Chase in my Palazzo Podcast Invitational League. Day- Two days later, he was gone. What happened? What? Are you in League 4 with us, Jeff? Because Ben is in that league as well. I forgot to mention Ben Chase. He's in League 4, the League of Death. Unless he got moved and I'm not paying attention. Mm. Uh, Brian says, in tout, Otani is two players, correct? Oh, shit. See, I don't even know that. I got to look this shit up, Brian. That's <laughs> when, a- when, when, when do you go to Manhattan for tout? It's uh, the weekend of March 18th. Okay, so you got a few weeks. Yeah, Brian K. Rogers says there's a game on MLB Network now. I don't see pitch clock from the television. What? <gasps> Is that well, true? Different in every part? Oh, oh boy. It better not, better be uniform. Better be universal. Can you think of a rule? <laughs> can you think of a rule in any sport that was created over the last 20 years that didn't really get enforced? Like, I think of the NBA for some reason when that comes up. Traveling like- is a rule that's been around forever that doesn't get enforced. <laughs> right? But remember the well, Shaq remember- half circle? Yeah, I mean, NBA has made a, a lot of different changes. And you remember, you could only play man-to-man. There was no zone defense. You know, yeah, three seconds. The two-point <laughs> two conversion in NFL never used to be a thing. It was only, um, you know, set up for college. Three seconds. I, we lived in the era of three seconds. You get a free free throw in the NBA if you were staying in the paint for three seconds as a defender. That did happen, but that seems like a long-ass time ago. By the way, the Pistons are total trash still. God, they are so bad. Keep losing. Uh, Who cares? <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't matter because they changed the lottery matter. system, so you're not guaranteed more balls. It's not going to yeah, help have, their cause. Yeah, in the bottom three, I think you're only a 17% chance. Oh. I, I was I was thinking about this a lot today and, like, how excited I am for baseball. And it's just like I every year I get super excited for baseball, and it's because, sure, the Tigers have been trash for a decade, but not only do I have fantasy, but I just love watching so many other teams. I the NBA, I'm just not there. It's it's become so boring for me. You know, <sighs> you, you talk about like you know injury management and guys sitting out games. It's just a three point fest. Everything's a whistle. Free throws constantly. They don't call traveling anymore. You know, first team to one thirty wins. It's it's just not for me anymore. Everybody <laughs> makes the playoffs. Did you see last night what happened? No, I haven't watched anything. Well, the NBA. I thought you still got notified by a sports app. 176 to 175, double overtime, the second highest scoring game in the history of the NBA. Do you know the highest scoring game in the history of the NBA, Deary? 
Did you know that we sold out and we now have advertisements? Yeah, we've gone mainstream. We're getting $6. That's right. We've made six bucks so far. Can you believe it? What a dream come true, $6. Anyways, I wanted to give you some preparation, some time to be cognizant that a commercial is coming your way. I'm not just going to throw a commercial mid-sentence on you. I wouldn't do that. I respect you, and I know that's annoying. So here's a countdown for the upcoming advertisement from Starbucks or Spectrum, Comcast, Apple, who the hell knows. Three, a two, one. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, wasn't it Pistons Knicks? It was. That's right. Very good. It was the pre right before they became the Bad Boys Pistons. Yeah, it was like 185 points for one team, I think. It was a yeah. big overtime game. But yeah, yeah Bernard, last, Bernard King versus Zeke. Last night, it was uh, a wild affair. Portland versus the Clippers, 176 to 175. It was only double overtime, too. It wasn't a quarter, five-time overtime. That's wild. So, that might not be basketball the sun, but it kind of sounds like fun. I don't know. I, I, I'd try to be into it if I was watching that game. Yeah, that's what I thought. It was Pistons Nuggets. Yes, it was Pistons Nuggets, oh, Pistons not Knicks. Nuggets. Okay. Yep. Bingo, bango. Brian says, hopefully NBC will get the contract and we'll get to hear the old school music. Yes! John Tesh will be back, dude. God. I've heard these rumors. I saw that. I think Matt Williams posted that a couple weeks ago on Twitter that NBC is ruling it all in, trying to get the NBA back. And they're going to, they got to bring back the NBA and NBC song. They have to. Oh, absolutely. That's all I remember. Like thinking of like the, the early to late nineties, like Saturday afternoon playoff tilt between the Celtics <laughs> and Pistons. Yes. Oh man, it's the best. Oh wait, here we go. Bum of a basketball, gimme, gimme, gimme the ball. Cause I'm gonna dunk it. Can't play it too long. We might get kicked off YouTube. Sorry. Man, that thing's so good. All right, let's focus on the strategy session here. I mean, we're almost an hour into the show now. Uh, let's talk about evaluating hitters, folks. How do you evaluate hitters? I'll talk about what I do. Derek can share what he does. When I'm, let's forget formats for a minute. We're just talking about yeah. it's a new season of fantasy. Who are the hitters I'm focusing in on? Who am I removing? It starts with team context. I'm going to talk lineups. I'm going to look at possible lineup scenarios. I mean, how many at bats are in play? That's going to matter a little bit. But it's also about. What I've seen last year and what I know about baseball over my entire, I don't know, 
I guess I would say I've watched baseball for 30 years. That's a safe estimate. I'm 42, right? Something committed like that. to committed to it to where you're watching more than just a couple games a week. Yeah. Yeah. That's unfair. 30 years. Sure. Okay, fine. But I will say, oh, <laughs> Chad says, as a Peacock exclusive, just to fuck with us. Oh, that's not cool. Why would they do that they to you? Can. I hope they don't do that to you, Chad. So I look at course ground balls fly balls i look at infield flies how often what's their infield fly ball percentage do they pop the ball up too much on the infield that they're elevating it too much i mean not just launch angle we know that there's more to it than that we look at i'm looking at what launch angles are exacerbated if you will because they hit a lot of ground balls consistently or Sample sizes. I'll look at 30 game sample sizes. I like to look at the last 30 days. I'll go from, I'll have to look at May because uh, April could be rough. I think May is a time where hitters can get more comfortable. I'll look at May of the previous year and then I'll compare it to August of the same year and I'll look at were there changes in the ground balls versus fly ball ratio? Uh, how often they're striking out is an easy one, obviously, but these are some of the things I look at. And I also look at in zone and outside of zone contact. Are they an anomaly? Are they a freak? Are they someone that you look at and say, wow, you know, that guy, like Tim Anderson, he just like makes contact with every ball. That's just what he does, right? So he's different. I'm not going to make any assumptions. I'm going to know what hitter I'm talking about based on his career trajectory as well. Not just what his age is, but how many at-bats has he had in the major leagues? What's been his ascension from low A to the majors? There's a lot of things. I look at all this stuff. And to tell you that to tell you that any of it is more or less important, Deary, it's really hard for me to do that because it all kind of comes together for me and it paints a picture combined with my experiential knowledge. Yeah, I mean, you you can't research every single guy out there. You know, I stated it earlier that, like, we know a lot about those guys that are going the first three, four rounds when it comes to hitters. We have their three- to five-year trends. We know we know what their rates are in terms of how often they walk, how often they strike out. We're familiar with their, you know, lineup construction and what it looks like. So, But if you want to go really deep, I mean, you can go super deep. I mean, you talked about, you know, you know, Z contact, those that do really well of hitting stuff in the zone. I really like looking at swinging strike rates and contact rates. How often, how well do they hit the ball outside of the zone? Um, I look at pull rates, especially when it comes down to the shift this year. Um, you know, are, who are there going to be those guys that bounce back because that shift is going to be gone? You know, a guy like Corey Seager had the most outs on that shift last year. His batting average should boost up again this year. You know, we talked about, you know, trends looking at the last three years, are they a riser? Are they a guy who's a prospect? Um, you know, when you're looking at, you know, speed, especially when we're talking about, you know, the possibility of more stolen bases this year, I like to look at sprint speeds uh, of a lot of guys. So there's a lot of things that you, that can go into evaluating hitters. I don't think there's as much when it comes into evaluating pitchers. I go a lot deeper when it comes to evaluating pitchers, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit, but um, hitters, there's just so much information out there, which is great. Um, you know, we talk about that roster construction construction and what a lot of people are talking about, you know, a couple of years ago, it was the scarcity at second base this year. It's scarcity at second base and third base. A lot of people are talking about, you know, if you're in a five outfielder league, you got to get some outfielders early because it does drop off a little bit. That's um, bullshit, so there's a, though. There's a lot out there that you got to look at. I think it's bullshit. You, I don't think there is scarcity. I love second base this year. 
Oh no, I don't think there's scarcity at second base. I think there is scarcity at third base. Um, oh, third outf- base. Okay. Out- outfield, I don't think there's there's scarcity, but I think you do need some studs early. Um, that is no, bullshit. second base, I think there's actually some really good values later in the draft if you don't get one early. Third base is a little different though. Okay, yeah, that's fair. You know, I'm not trying to avoid the trends of what people are saying. I'm going to do my own homework like everybody here should do. You should listen to shows. You should see what we have to say and then make your own judgments. I'm actually pulling this up. So I've been using Fangraphs a lot, but I just recently, I I got access to PitcherList Pro, which is awesome. Like, I gave it a shot. I wanted to try it out. Because I was like, Fangraphs is great. Fangraphs is a staple. We all know that. But there's got to be other websites where we can look at other pieces of information with a different perspective, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm, I give Pitcherless Pro a shot. I love it. I mean, look at this. It looks gorgeous. I mean, it's got these nice indicators at the top, give you some of the detail. Like over here on the right, you got the standard stats on the left with these levels. And then for those of you that are listening to this, you can check out Corey Seager's Pitcherless player page and you can follow along if you choose. And then on the right side, you've got K percentage, walk percentage, uh, IPA. Shit, I don't even know. What does that mean? That's a great, I don't even know. Oh, it tells you, look, if you hover over it, ideal plate appearance. Whoa, barrel plus solid plus. Mm, I like it. I like <laughs> it. Holy shit, ideal plate appearance. I got to look into that. See, you learned something new just by checking this out. And then you got total number of balls hit greater than 95 miles per hour. That's hard contact. and Because some people use hard hit rate. Some people use hard contact. Of course, expecting batting average and then expected WOBA here. And Corey Seager's numbers, whoo. Everything on the right side of the page with hard contact, expected average, expected WOBA, his actual results don't add up, Deary. So what you just said, actually, I think you're spot on. I think that's what you said there is a great way to evaluate hitters. What you see versus what actually happened, Mm -hmm. does it mean growth next year? No, it's not a guarantee, but it certainly seems likely, especially when you have your experiential knowledge of the world of fantasy baseball itself. You know Corey Seager is a very talented player. This this is incredible to look at um, for someone who needs to see visuals like this without just seeing the numbers at the top. When I have graphs like this, it's almost like taking uh, stuff from fan graphs and baseball savant and kind of just upping it a little bit and having, you know, kind of a different tone to it. I like this format here really like a lot. Yeah, I like it a lot. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm glad uh, I took a shot on this. I got I was like. You know, I need some more pages. I need some more information from different perspectives. And that's what you got here. And if you're like uh, someone who prefers the classic stat lines across the board, we got his career stats down here. We got game log. This is all on the same page, too. No offense to Fangraphs, but on Fangraphs, you got to click on game log and change it. This is all on one scrolling page. It's just really well organized stat cast information, everything. I'm really digging this. So this is uh, something I'd like to share with everybody. If you've never used Pitcher List, you think it's about pitching, this is a hitter. So, yeah. So saying. it's almost like to, to your point, everything that looks on everything on the right that looks great in those real bright red and those graphs are almost near the top should make you believe that on that left side, those numbers are going to look a little different in 2023 if that right side looks the same this year. Yeah, it's amazing that he has a, you know, an 8.7 walk percentage is not incredible, but it would think you would have a higher OBP than that. It seems like a 317 OBP last year is more indicative of a, I don't know, a six or five percent walk rate. So that's that also shows me there's more room for growth. That's the shift right there. That's the shift right yes! there. Yes. Exactly. Thank you for saying that. See, this is why we make such a good team. And that's why you gotta remember stuff like this in the Plotso Podcast, two L's two 
Z's. There's a Yohan Moncada's page. <laughs> Ooh, a lot of Utah. freezing cold blue. Give me two. Yeah, it didn't. You look at his right side for his advanced stats. They don't really show a lot of hope. Oh, um, and I got to be honest. When I look like you talk about evaluating hitters and you look at a guy like this, Yohan Moncada's pitcher, his hitter page on pitcher list. It doesn't. I can't sell you on something. I can't tell you. Yeah, you know what? That uh, a twenty six percent K rate is going to go down to twenty this year because I don't, I can't, I can't find the information to prove that to you. This is where things get a little bit more uh, outside of uh, the brain, kind of a a connection you feel with the game and how it goes. You know that it ebbs and flows, and that's that's not what anybody wants to hear in terms of hard data. I want hard data right now, right? But the game yeah, does I mean, ebb and flow. It, it does. I mean, with Moncada, it's really difficult because we keep talking about the big breakout. I mean, 2019 was a great season. And it's just been shit since then. And we have, <laughs> six, we have we have six years of statistics to go by here. So it's like, yeah. where are we going to find the improvement from? Oh, boy. Oh, Gnostic Baseball wants to know, how much is it? Well, it's very reasonably priced. That's how much it is. I think I paid... Uh, <laughs> oh, I think I paid... 39 bucks. I mean, it was an investment, but that was for a few months. Uh, let me double check on that. So I'll let you know, Gnostic Baseball, because I I do think it is worth the investment. Uh, Mankata should be a bit better because of a better Sox team. Counting stats, a.k.a. Vulture stats. Ooh. Gnostic Baseball is knocking it out of the park today. Long gone. You deserve an Ernie Harwell for that, buddy, because we know you love Ernie Harwell here. And he stood there like the house by the side of the road and watched it go by. Struck him off. He also says, I'm a baseball savant user more than any site. That's fair. Yeah. I think some people need a, it simplified a tad. I think that's what PitcherList did there. Is it just a little bit more simplified for the less advanced users or the less experienced users? Andy says, outfielders always emerge on the wire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, exactly. All right, so that's kind of a layout for hitters for what we'd look at here. I just think when you you see a hitter, that has been really, really good too. I'm just going to tell you this flat out. Like I'll be suspect of it. I, I mentioned Julio Rodriguez, who is a incredible player. He's going to be a Hall of Famer most likely. But he was so good last year that I was a little bit concerned that I didn't want to go that route again. Now that's uh, it's not my favorite example. That was just off the top of my head. I wish I had a better example of somebody I could think of. I was in the draft on the Plotso Podcast Invitational, and I was looking at a player. I'm like, oh, he kind of. He kind of topped out a bit, and I it turned me off a little bit. I don't love when guys have really, really good seasons unless they are standard-issue studs. Sandy Alcantara? Yeah, he's a standard-issue stud to me. He is now, yeah, right? Yeah. But right. but it's like it's like he's someone – he was your guy going into last season, and it came to fruition, and I think he's still a stud. I think there's going to be a little bit of regression, but I still think he's top-seven guy. Well, I think Adolis Garcia was actually, we talked about him for a second. That's a good example. A guy that we both drafted last year. Both of us did. We have a show. Excellent. We're like, oh, what? <laughs> Excellent value last year, too. Yeah, because <laughs> he was going around like ADP 150 to 180-ish. Yeah. And now this yeah. year, he's a top 70 guy. And I'm like, well, you're going to get the steals. I'm not worried about that. And you'll probably get the homer. But is he going to hit 250 again? I don't think so. I don't. I think 250 might be the higher end. And I, why do I say that? Because when I look at his... Rise through the minors, his late ascension to the major leagues. He came up at 28 years old. Uh, he's always struck out a lot. That's not really going to change. But his contact, I think he got 
if you look inside some of the deeper numbers, which this is, again, we talk about inside zone contact, outside zone contact, and overall contact rate versus swinging strike percentage, you put all that stuff together, and it looks like his batting average could drop by 20 to 25 points, which to me doesn't make him a top 100 guy. Yeah, I mean, two consecutive years with a Babbitt at 306 and 309 he's got to continue to do that be around to be around 250 and this is a guy that strikes out a lot so it's gonna be really hard yeah brian k rogers says bobby witt jr is another one i actually i actually think he's going to be better though (laughs) that when i i'm going the other way because he was solid last year but i think there's so much more to tap into there that he didn't have a julio rodriguez type season so I actually see him ascending further by improving on his K rate, making better contact, hitting for more power. The other, the other thing we haven't even mentioned too, and I hate to bring this up, but we have to, is a goddamn ball. We had a dead ball last year. How dead yeah. is it going to be this year? I, I can't even get into the ball talk. <laughs> it was like well, it was like last year. It was like every two weeks, what ball are we working with? Yeah, it was, ah! these little nuggets. Come, these little nuggets come out. That's what it is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. You're right, Deary. Jason says, I agree, Brian. I will own zero shares. Wow. So you guys are both off Bobby Wood Jr. Okay. Where, where, where do you have Wood? Is he a first rounder for you, Mike? In a five by five roto? Yeah, absolutely. He I when I had the number one overall pick in League Four of Death in the Palazzo Invitational, I was could I did look at him. I thought, hmm. He was possibly considered. So that's a first rounder still. Would you not do that? Um, I like him. I think he's a little overvalued right now in terms of, you know, there's a lot of great shortstops out there. I mean, I have him as my number three shortstop right now. I have him, you know, behind Turner, uh, Tatis. You have failed. If you're getting shortstop eligibility from Tatis, I got Tatis at two. I got Witt at number three because this is a guy who could end up stealing the most bags in the league. Power will be there. Batting average, probably going to hang around like 260, but none of those other shortstops are going to have better than 260 outside of maybe Trey Turner and Tatis. Yeah. Oof. I have Bobby Witt. And I put out the head to head rankings, I'll give you a little teaser here available on the Patreon for free right now. So it's not really a teaser. And I put Bobby Witt as my number five player overall. That's in head to head categories. Yeah. So I will make that clear, but it was Otani, Julio, Acuna and Bobby Witt Jr. I put Trey Turner six. I don't love Trey Turner as much as, I guess the rest of the world does. Although, if the power picks up because he goes to Citizens Bank Ballpark, that'll be nice. I, that'll be a huge boom. But we already know he's going to steal bases. But the thing is, is that I, th- I, I'm just locked in on steals being more prevalent this year. I really am because I know Major League Baseball wants to improve the action overall, which means more action steals are a great way to create more action. They're more exciting things than throwing a pitch or. Throwing six pitches in a row. So Turner's steals will still be valuable, but I think there will be a slight reduction in that value, Deary, because there's going to be more prevalent and more accessible. Yeah, I mean, a guy like Trey Turner, you know, a lot of people are taking him in the top three, and it's it's what I talk about. He's one of those most dependable guys. I'm probably not taking him until 11 or 12 if I'm on that back end of the draft because there's just other guys I really like ahead of him. And, you know, we talk about how deep shortstop is, and a lot of those shortstops are going to give you those stolen bases. Sure, maybe no one's going to score 120 runs like Trey Turner could, 
Um, but is he going to hit 30 home runs? I don't, I don't think so. There's some other guys that I like uh, above that. And sure, you know, there's going to be stolen bases. They're going to come from everywhere. Uh, but every other team is probably banking on that same thing happening. So I think you do have to get your guys that are going to be able to steal 25, 30 bags. Get and, and that's what just makes, uh, you know, Bobby Witt so intriguing for a guy to come out and, you know, yeah. be as successful as he was in his first season. And, and so was Julio. And there's going to be some growing pains. There's going to be some months. Oh, you know, yeah. think, about, think about how Rodriguez was when he first came up. His first 100 plate appearances, he, he was a mess. He looked bad. He was chasing everything. He got squeezed a ton. I watched a lot of Mariners games last year. Um, but then it all came together. And these guys are superstar talents. They're going to be, you know, top 10, top, top 12 guys here for the next decade. Well, Jaybird here in the comments, live chat. You guys can always participate. In fact, we love it. He says he wit might be great, but you're paying for the ceiling, which is interesting. And then Jaybird follows it up by saying, "Wow, I will bet you a Coke in Vegas 2024. I get Turner, you get Wit." Wow, dude. So, are we going to do this based on what rating system, though? You want to do Rasball Player Rater? You want to do points? Standard points league? That's the question. Turner versus Witt in 2023, one outscores the other. Boy, I think it, when you start to put it in those terms, it's possible that Turner will outscore Witt. And yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I need to readjust things. But I kind of like the bet, so I, I'm going to stick with it. Why not? Hey, let's go for it. I think that Witt is a, a super elite talent, and I didn't draft him last year because I didn't think we would get as much out of him, and he actually gave a little more than I expected, especially with the steals. So, I'll take the bet, Jaybird. Let's lock that in. Boom. My, my my floor for wit is probably 20 home runs, 80 runs, 80 RBIs, 25 stolen bases, 250 to 260. That's a decent floor. Is that first round value? Maybe back end. Okay. Hmm. Well, let's take a look at how we evaluate starting pitchers, not relief pitchers. We're focusing specifically on starters here on the Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Utah. Follow us on Twitter. Give me two. Follow Deary on Twitter, cdeary1999. I'm at MJGovia. Starting pitching, Deary. I think this one could be a little bit more clear-cut, or am I wrong? I I don't know. I mean, you can go really deep when it comes to starting pitching. I mean, you can go by the standards of, like, K and walk percentage, how many innings are they eating up, looking at swinging strikes and chase rates. What I really like to do when I'm doing some deep diving is I try to look for some outliers. And what I mean by outliers is I like to look at their game logs. Uh, so I was looking at Garrett Cole's game logs and looking at the times that he had plus seven runs or more. It happened twice last year. He gave up 33 home runs, which was the most since he had left Pittsburgh. Wow. Um, you know, I, Dylan wow, Cease, a guy who dude. was just absolutely unbelievable before like a mini implosion. Um, and a lot of people are very worried about like, you know, Dylan Cease's walk rate. It was, uh, you know, a little high last year. Um, but one of his games, he walked seven guys in four and a two thirds innings. That's not going to happen consistently. Sure. Cease is going to probably, you know, walk three, three, three and a half guys, you know, uh, a game, but that's not going to happen more than, you know, five, six times. So I, I don't think his walk rate is going to be as high. So I really like looking at those kind of game logs. You know, Sandy Alcantara is a perfect thing when you're looking at you know, specifically a points league where you like to get those innings pitched. I mean, he was just unbelievable, you know, going deep into games. Are they going to continue to do that? Is he going to be a guy who has 220 innings? Um, 
you know, as I look into those game logs and, you know, I look at those outliers of six plus runs, every pitcher is going to have have a time where they do that a, a couple times. But, you know, who are the guys that, you know, it's an unbelievable outlier. I remember a, a couple of years ago, I can't remember the player, but he had like two starts where he gave up 10 runs and it just absolutely imploded his ERA for the first half of the season. And he ended up becoming a great value for the second half. I sound like an idiot right now because I don't remember who this guy was. It actually may have been, it actually may have been Barrios or something like that. You know, back when Barrios, you know, gave some value. Um, another thing I really like to look at is, is pitch value. You know, a guy like Jose Barrios, I, you know, we just mentioned him and I talked about him a little earlier in the pod is that his fastball was just absolutely terrible last year you know i look at the pitch value of of guys that have more than just one pitch you know there, there's three guys that I, I came came by that had two lights out pitches last year two of them were absolute studs all year carlos rodon who i am really high on this year with the yankees verlander who, oh you know verlander didn't strike out as many guys but he was still consistent with that fastball and still has that amazing curveball and tristan mckenzie there's a reason he was really good last year is he actually had two lights out pitches uh and then you have a guy like dylan cease which like a lot of people are calling a possible bust this year the guy had the best slider in the game last year um and he threw it 33 percent of the time um you know that also probably attributed to a lot of his walks because when you're staying away from that pitch, you know, he, he likely could, could, could walk you. Um, but, you know, we talk about those fastballs. Barrios had a bad one last year. You know, Kyle Wright's a guy that I just traded in a keeper league because uh, his fastball was just not effective whatsoever last year. And it's, it's really difficult for a pitcher to succeed without a really good fastball. You know, you got to at least have three or four other pitches that are lights out for you to succeed. So that, that that's some of the things that I look look at that are a little deeper when it comes to uh looking at starting pitching beautiful yeah that's really good stuff dear you're right take a look at those when i think about pitches you talk pitch value i think i think about the guys with the nastiest pitches in baseball the ones that end up being the most dominant get the highest k percentages the most swinging strike rates those are the guys that you look for that one pitch but then you also have to compare it to the rest of their arsenal you can get in trouble. I mean, you look at a Brady Singer is a great example of this because he's a two pitch pitcher. Really, he tried to develop the changeup last year. I don't think it really took right, but he was still able to get some real good value out of his two pitch mix. But the question is, how long can that last? So I think about a guy who I loved like Brady Singer last year. I love his. There, there's other. Parts, again, when I talk about the rest of the picture beyond the data in front of us, that's what I think of. I think of a guy who has a bulldog mentality on the mound, and I know that Brady Singer has. I've I've checked out interviews. I've read <laughs> news articles. I've gone around beyond just the data. Like I think that what happens a lot here is we don't listen to players because a lot of players give player speak or we get coach speak, right? It's all performative. It's not really informative so much. That's a huge huge sticking point for me mm -hmm. what what information can i actually get out of a player or a other players that talk about players teammates right people who came up in the minors we talked about this yesterday with shelly Verstrait. she was on the plotso podcast prospects power half hour shout out to shelly and me her and ben were talking about a prospect who was talking about another prospect and so you learn something about how quickly a player could pick up on things. I think it was uh, it was Telemeto, who's a prospect for the Pittsburgh Pirates organization. 
that he just picks up pitching grips so quickly and he can execute that pitch the next day. Another player who plays with him in the minors coming up through the system shared that information. So these are the things that you can learn beyond the data. You know, the day-to-day, what's their attitude? What's their mentality? Because, again, I know we cannot quantify this, theory. We, we just stopped able to quantify yeah. the mental aspect of the game, but it's a huge part of it. Yeah, I mean, every pitcher can throw a 90 to 95 mile per hour fastball. They all have two to three pitches. Uh, But what work do they put in outside? You know, how much are they studying the game? How much are they trying to improve? You know, we can't quantify how well they can pitch based on what's where they're at in terms of, uh, you know, progressing. You know, how much are they getting from their pitching coach? How much are they learning from maybe a veteran catcher that are that is around them? You know, do they have that bulldog mentality, which Brady Singer had in college at Florida? Um, you know, Brady Singer is a perfect example of this. A guy that has two pitches isn't lights out, you know, doesn't strike out a ton of people, but he's he's improved over these last two years and are we going to see a three, two, three ERA? No, but are we going to see a four, nine, one that we saw in his, you know, first 180, 190 innings pitch? I don't think so. Like this Brady Singer is a type of guy. That's probably a SP three in a lot of minds of major league pitchers and not, not just fantasy, because I, I think he's got that extra thing. You know, when you, when you start to talk to these guys and you hear the interviews of these guys, you know, the intellect of how much, the, how much work they're putting in, how much they're studying the game, how much they're working on their craft goes a long way when it comes to pitching. I think hitting might be a little different, but I think pitching, like there's a different mentality when you're on that mound and it, it, and it's impossible to quantify and it, it, it's probably hard to research too. Yeah, Ben Palmer on Pitcherless has this great article, Best Money Pitches in Baseball, and he puts it into a structural focus for you, for us. And it's uh, 40% chase rates, 40% zone rates, and a 15% swinging strike rate. So that's how he labels a money pitch. It has to meet those parameters at least. And Brady Singer's slider was number one. That was the most money pitch in baseball last year according to those parameters. So... Can Brady Singer improve, though? Because he also pitched better despite terrible pitching coaches. Cal Eldred was a disaster. <laughs> uh, you know, Dayton Moore had lost his way. The whole organization had fell apart from a pitching improvement angle. So that also, that you look at that. That's, again, that's the organizational context. You got to know that. Yeah. You got to know who's coming in, who left. How bad was it? How good was it? What are they losing? What is a team losing? What is a guy gaining, right? In Brady Singer's case, he's gaining. He's going to get more improved coaching, which you would think that would increase statistical output. But, Deary, what if it gets what if he gets tinkered with? You got a new regime coming in. What if he gets tinkered with because they think they have a better way and then he gets worse? See, that, that could happen too. Or like what what how well is the team doing? Like there, there are guys that are just gonna phone it in and just grab their money, similar to what a lot of NBA, <laughs> what a lot of NBA players do more than anything. Um, you know, I, I I wrote this on my doc here. I said just fucking watch baseball. Like, la- <laughs> like last year, I like zoned in on Logan Gilbert for probably a good month and a half, and I'm like, this guy's a fucking stud because I was just watching him pitch, and I'm like, he looks incredible. Like this guy could be. That's a putting him mild. He could also be like <laughs> the 45th best pitcher. But like, just watch that's some so fucking funny. baseball. <laughs> what a shock! This that's what you learn. Watch baseball. Jaber says pitching equals movement, location, change of speed. 
yeah, that's that's a classic safe approach too. I mean, those three things will tell you a lot about what a pitcher has going down. Uncle Ted Talks is here. What's up, Uncle Ted Talks? Drew Rasmussen is a monster. I like Drew Rasmussen. Mm. There's some there's some things to like there. He also says Oscar Gonzalez and Oscar Colas are beasts. Oscar Colas is moving up quickly here. I thought he was a long ways away, but he's getting drafted in redraft leagues this year. So apparently he's going to be making an impression this season. I'm surprised to hear that I am. I will say that because I, I liked him a lot, but I wasn't expecting that. I mean, is he going to have an opportunity for playing time? I mean, TLR well, is gone. Thing. So. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is I, I would be careful that I'd be weary of Oscar Colas having a big redraft impact. I love him in Dynasty. I'm just not sure 2023 yeah. is his year. Brian K. Rogers says, one angle that's always in play, the baseball forecaster lists ADP top 15 before seasons. Scary. Only about three to four on average finish in the top 15. I find that helpful for auction drafts. Ooh, interesting. That's a great point. Yeah, the things we think we know going into the season – that's the other thing. That should be very obvious. If you're a newcomer to fantasy baseball, what we think we know and what actually ends up happening, there's going to be Spencer Strider. <laughs> nobody was Spencer Strider was totally. a monster last year. No, Russell Withers was the only guy I heard talking about Spencer Strider. And my guy, shout out to Joe Gentile. I haven't heard from Joe G in a while. Hope you're doing well, Joe. Shout out to you. He was the only guy I heard mention Taylor Ward who had, came on the scene. So these are anomalies. There's going to be people that rise up in 2023, and our goal is we want to bring that to you. We want to be, as we get more into looking at players who could be of value that no one's talking about, we're going to do a show on that real soon here. Um, I want to do more of this, but we're going to save the rest of our roster construction for another show. I would like to do a quick round of Shine or Ride the Pine, Deary. What do you think yeah, of that? Let's yeah, let's do it. I mean, I could talk all fucking day. I got nothing to do. <laughs> Well, Deary, just because you got nothing to do doesn't mean you got nothing to do. I mean, maybe you could. I got stuff I can do. You could go. Uh, you could go cut some branches. Yeah, if you wanted to. Uh no, 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 no. I'm not going outside. There's snow outside. <laughs> no, I could. Oh uh, shit! I, I, I got to retile my kitchen. I'd probably do that, or I could just play video games and watch movies. <laughs> Uncle Ted Talk says Oscar Gonzalez will be a 2023 All Star. Shit! I should have drafted him instead of Riley Green. I blew it. Damn it. Deary, I blew it. Oscar Gonzalez is gone in your draft, though, right? Yeah, he's gone now. But I had the chance. I had the chance when I drafted Riley Green. I failed. Football? No. No, not football. It's just exciting music that's free that won't get kicked off YouTube, I believe. I believe we will stay on YouTube with this music. For some reason, it's not copywritten anymore. Or maybe it is, and we'll get kicked off. Anyways, it's time for Shine or Ride the Pine. It's real simple. We look at projections for the 2023 season, and we either say shine it or ride the pine. So, I love using Stomper. That's fun, but I thought I'd go, uh, you know, I'd switch it up a bit. Yeah, let's, I mean, let's try some different projection systems. We love Steve Follow. You guys should use StomperProjections.com. They're awesome. They're a little bit more unique because they take a little bit more risk. So, I'm down with that. And I know that Steve Paolo is one of the most like, super mind bender wizards that there is when it comes to data engineering and software. Software, he's awesome. He's awesome in that Dr. stuff. Doctor so, Mindbender. Doctor Mindbender. Uh, let's just go with the ATC, which is a safe way to do it, because when Ariel does the ATC, it's a combination of a lot of different systems. So I think we get a we get a good look at what's going on, right? Okay. So okay. here we go. 
Let's start with Alex Bregman of the Houston Astros, dearie. 2023, according to ATC projections, Alex Bregman is expected to hit 23 home runs. Shine or ride the pine on 23 or more home runs. Let me bring up my system here and see what I got for Bregman. You say 23? 23. Shine or ride the pine. I'm going to shine it. I got Bregman at 24, just one above. Bregman had an amazing second half last year. Uh, I I still think the power's there. Maybe not 30 home run power, but I think 24 to 25 is where he's going to be at. So I'm going to shine it. I'm going to shine it. Okay. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be a 30 home run guy again, and we don't know what kind of ball we're going to get. So I hate that. I hate not knowing the integrity of the baseball is compromised. You never know what ball is going to show up every day. <laughs> Yay! Ha-ha! Wow, fun is that? But I'm going to ride the pine on this one. I think he will come up short. I think there will be injuries again, and I think it will limit him, mm. and I think he ends up hitting about 21 home runs. Doesn't quite get there. Doesn't give us what we expect. He's never going to be the guy who showed that tremendous bat speed where he was cranking 38 bombs, 38 home runs in a season, correct? That happened? Never, that'll never happen again. <laughs> you know, I, I, I like I like Bregman a lot. I really I really do. Especially if you're in like an OBP league because he doesn't strike out and he gets on base a ton. I love yeah. how you can say, I predict injury. <laughs> hey, I'm predicting Alex Bregman will get hurt this year. I don't think that's actually that big of a risk. <laughs> Brian says, best of luck to all. Brian K. Rajman, we love you, my man. You are the best. Great show. Fellas, unfortunately, my place still looks like shit because I'm sitting at home. Fanning my balls. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, Brian. We love you, man. You never you can catch a show anytime. You don't have to just catch it live. You can watch us and listen anywhere, anytime. YouTube, all standard podcast platforms. All right, let's go to a pitcher, dearie. I'm going to bring... Oh, wait. Whoops. How about Alex Cobb? Alex Cobb is a guy, speaking of injuries, 8.77 is his K per nine expectation this year. Will Alex Cobb go over 8.77 K per nine this year? So he could get hurt. He could be limited and he could still go over this number. Yeah, he probably will get hurt. <laughs> yeah, he probably, he definitely will get I'll hurt. Say, I'll say it. Um, I'm going to ride the pine on this. I'm out on Cobb this year. I think it's, uh, he's had a few bounce back seasons here and he's been useful. Um, guy's getting up in age. I'm going to ride the pine. I'm going to shine this. I think Alex Cobb is another year in the Giants system. They're very, very smart. They know what they're doing. They get the most out of their players, it seems. And he caught a few bad breaks, oddly enough, last year. Not injury bad breaks. There were games where fluky things happened. And he just... If, take a look at the numbers, folks. Alex Cobb had some bad luck last year. So I'm going to shine over 9, K for 9 this year. Why not? Yahoo! Woohoo! How about Nick Lodolo, dearie, of the Cincinnati Red? Nick Lodolo, he finished the season strong. He was incredible. He's projected to pitch 153 innings this year. Shine, 153 or more innings. Hmm, 103 last year. Oh, man. I, I like Lodolo. I mean, he was really good last year. Um, I think he's going to be good again this year. Uh, yeah, I'm going to shine that. I think he gets towards 160. He's going to be very wow. useful this year. Hey, rate's okay. going to be really nice. Oh, hell yeah. You're damn right about that. That's sweet. I mean, his K-rates are always really, really immaculate. Beautiful. Mwah! Chef's kiss. I haven't to ride the pine in this. I love Nick hmm. Lodolo. I love watching him pitch. You talk about watching people pitch, just watch the game. I love watching him. He dominated the Brewers a couple times last year, late in the season. Almost won me my fourth head-to-head title in my home league. 
Didn't quite get there. But I'm going to ride the pine. I just feel like he'll come up short of 150. It could be close. He could get to 130. But something doesn't feel right. So I'm just going to ride the pine on it. And that's all I got sometimes. You you look down the stretch with him. I mean, early on with him, it was, you know, five innings, five and two-thirds, six innings. Down the stretch, he had a nice little stretch where he went seven, seven, six, eight, six and a third, six. So they they were willing to ride him out a little longer, which was good. So uh, I, I think it's encouraging that he could get close to that number. Flawless victory. It's possible for sure. All right, let's go down the list. Uh, let's go to another page here. Get a little deeper. Um, and we did him. How about Dalton Varsho? The new Blue Jay has been traded, left Arizona. Will Dalton Varsho, who is currently projected, Dalton Batista. Yeah, I can't even see the. I don't like how this is done. Like you want to see the categories at the top. Maybe I should zoom this out a tad more. Hang on. Let me try this. There we go. That'll help a little bit. Okay. So right now, Dalton Varsho is projected to have a 308 OBP. That seems low. Wow. Shine around the pine on a 308 or higher OBP for Dalton Varsho this year. 308? Hmm. That's what it says. I mean, you look at him last year, you look at his career, I mean... 287 in limited duty, 318 in 2021, 95 games. And last year, a full season, he had a 302 OBP, which is terrible. How was he only at 302 last year? The walk rate isn't that bad. And he hit <laughs> I know. 27 home runs. Was it like just home run or bust last year? That's the thing. It's like the contact is the, the Diamondbacks were a weird team last year. They were top five in on-base percentage, but they were bottom five in batting average. They were terrible at making contact, but they were really good at getting walks. So he just just did not make good contact last year, consistent contact, and that might be part of the problem. But yet, he still has a sub-25% K rate over his MLB career. I'm trying to look at... He doesn't seem like he's a... I'm trying to look to see. like He didn't seem like a ground ball guy very much. No, it's pretty consistent between ground balls and fly balls. Hmm. Yeah, forty percent ground ball rate last year. Yeah, I just don't know how you could go under on this. <laughs> I know it's it just seems so low for a guy that I I, I like that's going to be in a great lineup. Yeah, I, I guess I'm going to shine it. I mean, it's got to be above three ten, right? It, be, it has to be. Like, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to shine it to you. I'm going over. Varsho has got to be a little bit better. It's a better lineup, too. A better ballpark. It's all better for him. It's got to be more positive. Let's ride. We're going over 302. Expected betting average for Mr. Dalton. Varsho, or OBP for Dalton Varsho. All right. How about uh, Willie Adamas of the Milwaukee Brewers? This season, he's projected to hit 28 home runs. 28 bombs. Shine to ride the pine on 28 or more home runs, dearie. Oh yeah, I'm 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 shining that all day. I think he's going to lead shortstops and home runs. Let me look to see where I have Matt. I think I have Matt 28 or 29. Willie Adamas. I got him at 28. So yeah. Ooh. Okay. 28, 80, and 80. Hell yeah! I'm going to. Uh, this is. I think this is closer than it seems. 28 home runs. He hit 31 last year. He does hit for power. He's shown 20 home run capability consistently the last few years. It's going to be. He should hit 30. He should at least hit 30. So I'm going to shine the pine. 
No. No, I'm gonna shine. You're gonna, you're, I'm not gonna ride the pine. Yeah. I mean, this is how deep this is how deep shortstop can get. I have Willie Adamas as my 13th ranked shortstop, and this is a guy who's going to get, you know, I have him at 28, 80, 80, and 10. Wow. Okay. Well, that's fun. We'll do a couple more. Get the hell out of here. The Plotso Podcast. We're playing along. You can play with us. You can drop your predictions as well in the live chat. JT Brubaker. JT Brubaker this year. Boy. Kind of want to go with his. It's uh... interesting. They don't have a whip projection on the main page because it's somewhere else. Let's go with his ERA just for the hell of it. JT Brubaker, a four four five ERA. Shine or ride the pine on a four four five ERA or lower for JT Brubaker. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm going to ride the pine. I'm not going to watch any JT Brubaker starts this year. I'm just going to watch <laughs> the Robert Red Robert Redford 1980 classic Brubaker. Ah. The more you know. Good call. No, I don't want to be a member right now. Thanks. Go away. Oh, my God. We're being bombarded with ads. But, yes, I'm going to shine this. I think Brubaker can only get better. He shows tremendous flashes with the K rate and the ability to dominate. The problem is the walks still creep up a bit, the control issues. Classic tale about a pitcher that has a lot of talent, I think. He's also in the prime of his career. So I think we're going to see his best season yet. I think he can be a guy who can get it to a 425 ERA or lower. I think he's a great value. He's a guy I'll be targeting because he's so cheap in drafts. JT Brubaker, I'm shining a 445 or lower ERA this season. Booyah. You know, Brubaker, his problem in 21 is that he just gave up a ton of home runs. Last year, the home runs went away. But that BABIP was 334? That's way too high. So See? I, I may want to switch this, but I am going to stick with just watching the Robert Redford film, Brubaker, instead. <laughs> I've never actually seen Brubaker. I know that's the meme, the Brubaker, he turns and look with his beard. i got to watch Brubaker, for sure. Bru- no, no, that's not the meme. Oh, that's not? No, that's that's a different. That's a different. Oh yeah, that's, that's the one uh, where he's like the outdoor guy. Yeah, um, no, Brubaker. He uh, he's like the new warden at a prison, and they infiltrate him as a, like a prisoner to get all the, like the haps of what's going on in the prison. Good movie. I watched it last year for the first time. Did you hear? A, I talked about Runaway Train on the latest Cinema Nine podcast. You got to watch that, man. <laughs> I listened to it yesterday. I listened to it yesterday. That's a good prison movie, John Voight. You got to check it out. You're gonna love it. I'm telling you, yeah. it's pretty good. All right, uh, let's go over to. Hmm. How about Noah Syndergaard? Noah Syndergaard is a Dodger now, dearie. That excites some people. Mm-hmm. Not sure it excites me because he still just cannot strike people out anymore. His stuff is very lethargic, I will say. Noah Syndergaard, not great. Not ideal. Damn! Yeah, it's true. I'm sorry. There was a time when he was Thor and he owned the world, but now he's just an average pitcher at best. Shine a ride the pine. On Noah Syndergaard going over his 6.78K per nine. Projected at 6.78K per nine. Oh, my God, how the mighty have fallen. Jeez, 6 points. I'm going to shine that. I mean, very few pitchers can stay consistently starting pitchers with the K rate that low. Um, It's never going to get back to what it was five, six years ago. But I got to believe it's going to creep a little closer to eight. So I'll, I'll shine this. Yeah, the Dodgers, they work miracles, and this was by far his career low. I know it was a combined effort between the Phillies and Angels of 6.35 K9 last year, but every other season in his career, he was nine or higher. So combine the Dodgers, knowing what they're doing, and maybe they're being a little bit more in the tank than we realize. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go over. Even if his K per nine ends up being around seven or seven and a half, it's gotta be higher than six point three, dearie. It just has to for Thor. Yeah, I agree. Or the guy formerly known as Thor. Well, it's like so. I'm I'm looking at his game logs here. Like he just had some really weird starts. Like he had a he had a he had a game where he pitched seven innings against the Reds and only struck out one guy. He had another one where he struck out three guys and seven and a third. Like this just seems odd. Weird weird anomalies here. Oh God, you have failed. Uh, Ted Talk says JT Brubaker as a Mariner is coming. All right, that's cool. Uncle Ted also said JT had a 1.9 F4 last season. And he also says JT Brubaker is nice as fuck AF. So as fuck. somebody loves JT Brubaker, and that's Uncle Ted Talks. Herman Marquez says the Yankees five starter will be nasty. What? Uncle Ted <laughs> Talk is just about that for years. <laughs> Uncle Ted Talk's just making all kinds of predictions over here in the live chat. Okay. Chad says the Dodgers fixed Jimmy Nelson. They fixed Blake Trinan. They fixed Carson Fulmer. Surely they could fix Thor. <laughs> you have failed. That is funny, Chad. Well done. That is funny. Uh, Herman, one more. Herman Marquez is a road warrior. I get him away from Coors and he'll ball. Uh, okay, well. Coors. You always have a Coors. That's true. And This right here is a silver bullet all the way from Colorado. All right, last one here. One for the road. Let's do... I think this is a fun one. How about Lars Newtbar, a guy that a lot of people like. He's very talented. He's got the coolest name. He's got his own candy bar, the Lars Newtbar. I heard we got to get that. We should order that on Amazon or something and try it on the show. Yeah, see, I mean, see if it's any good. Maybe we'll tr- we should get one for the road trip next week. That'd be that'd be a good treat. You got to have snacks on a road trip, folks, because it's just not the same without a snack. Nope. All right, they've got him for 19 home runs in 2023. Lars Newtbar is going to hit 19 home runs or more. Shine around the pine, dearie, on Lars Newtbar, 19 dongs. Yeah, he's like a fantasy darling right now because he's just a get-on-base machine. Oh, God. 19. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna ride the pine on this. I think it's going to be close. I think he probably sits closer to 15 or 16. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to ride the pine. Flawless victory. I am going to... Ride the pine as well. I'm going to have to see it. I think, you know, Tyler O'Neill's going to have a bounce back year. He's still there. They got Juan Yepes in the mix. I don't know who's going to come out on top. They got guys they like, but there needs to be some decisions here. Either a possible trade, maybe, for another pitcher as well. Move one of these position players. Cardinals need to make some moves, I feel like. And I think they will end up doing that. But I just don't think it's very clear that Lars Newbar is going to easily get to 20 home runs. So I'm going to, I'm with you, dude. I'm going to ride the pond on Newbar hitting 19 or more home runs. I just can't trust it. Not right now. Not in this climate. Can't trust it. And there yeah, you I, go. I, I wonder if they make a trade to get maybe a more established outfielder. They got a young outfield. They do. Absolutely they do. Uh, Uncle Ted says Lars Newbar is stupid overrated. Wow, <laughs> oh, dude. Uncle Ted's bringing it today. Damn. Okay. He also says Jordan Walker for Edward Cabrera and Yuri Perez. Exactly. Jordan Walker's in the mix. I didn't even mention him. Look at all. Yeah, I don't know how you could project Newbar for 19 bombs. I just don't. Wow. The more I think about it, the more absurd it sounds, dearie. Yeah, so you're saying there's playing time issues. Well, there it is. That's a plausible podcast for this Saturday edition. Uh, really sorry that we had to go up against Potapalooza. We didn't mean to do that. It's just we had <laughs> we had an ice storm. Ryan, there was chaos in the world, and we are here. We're going to rock more shows. We're going to try to do at least two next week. 
We're excited about doing the show because there's more to talk about. We'll get in some more player nitty-gritty because you guys love that shit. We all love it. We're fools. We're suckers for it, right? I can't deny that. I'm a sucker for cornrows and manicured toes. That's what Nelly told me a long time ago, and that hasn't changed in 22 years. <laughs> Nelly, get that oh. Band-Aid on your face. <laughs> Nelly's Band-Aid under the eye. Well, that fashion statement did not last. Uncle Ted says, great show. Uncle Ted, great to see you, my friend. Subscribe, spread the word, like it. Join our Discord for free. I put the Discord link in the live chat earlier. It should be available to you if you know how to use the computer and a browser. I have total confidence. But just for, you know, because I like you guys. There you go. I just dropped it one more time in the live chat to close the show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. Plausible Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Follow C. Deary 1999. Give me two. MJ Govier. And that's it. We're going to turn it over now to the man, the myth, the legend, who's got a new movie coming out in April. Have you seen the poster that someone posted in the, in the Palazzo? What's he doing now? He's, it looks so dumb. It's called, like, uh, The Priest's Exorcism or something. He's, he looks got, like, a Bible wrapped in his chest, and there's, like, an exorcism or a scary situation in the background. It's so funny. we got a Russell Crowe channel in the Palazzo Discord, so I always get kept up to date on the latest with Russell Crowe. Just make proof of life, too. Yeah, come on. Proof of life. Proof of life. Yeah, I want to see proof of life, too. Yes. All right, thanks, everybody. Russell Crowe takes us out. We'll catch you next time. All right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. <laughs> and we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun. Quick's the word. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.